So I just want you to pay attention to this picture for a second. Above the water is what you can see. Below the water is the minefield you might be walking into. That's what you have to keep in mind. Everybody has stuff under the surface that you have no idea what they're dealing with. Um, as police officers, we went out on the street every day dealing with other people's problems. This is what people don't understand these days, in this country especially. Um, you have a fight with your spouse, you go to work, is that gonna affect you as much as it's gonna affect the police officer that's on the street that has a fight with their spouse and then has to go deal with a domestic situation? So you don't know. You have no idea what's happening with the person that you're dealing with. So much under the surface could be going on that you know nothing about. Just always keep that in mind. Try to determine what's driving that behavior. Yeah. So Yeah, it's absolutely. So we tell you to avoid I because you're starting out using this stuff. When you get used to using tactical empathy and you get used to, you know, keeping yourself over here and putting all the difference on them, you can put I in there and it doesn't come across as self-serving as it does when you're first learning. So we're basically instructing you, we use shuhari, um, martial arts term for you know the beginning and then you're here here doing this and then by the time you get to read you're kind of writing your own way of doing things because you understand the basis of tactical empathy and what's happening if you're back in shoe if you start using i too much you're going to get into the i understand trap and that's going to make it more about you and you don't want to do that so for practice purposes we tell you try to get it out of your system at this point we use I all the time and people hear us do it, but we've done it for so long that it doesn't take the empathy away because we know how to do it without taking the empathy away. Yeah. So my question is in relation to what you're sharing. Mm-hmm. Because it's this. Yeah. How did you decide So, and that goes back to the last question that you're not always going to get it right. I don't always get it right. I said, I, I don't understand how we got here, you know, and in that moment, you're not always going to get it right. If you mess up, don't let that bother you. If you show deference, 
they'll forgive you. When I said that I would, I would adopt his daughter, I meant it. I have eight children, 30 grandchildren, and four great-grand, six great-grandchildren, so I love kids. And if that's what it was going to take in that moment, I couldn't do it in every situation, but in that moment, I genuinely meant what I said, and he knew that. And because I meant what I said, it made him feel like, okay, this guy understands what I'm going through, even if he know he didn't want me to have the little girl. It's all about once, like what I said earlier, talk, delve into what's not being said. What did he know? He knew the guy was going to die. He knew he always promised to take care of this, this kid. So what was happening there? He was going to take her with him to prevent anything bad happening to her. So Troy went with that because that's what was not being said is that he needed to know somebody had her before he would be okay dying from whatever terminal disease that was. So you focus on what's not being said. Okay. Remember, you don't get in life what's fair. You get what you negotiate. If you want to become a better negotiator, click the link in the description below. So, presenting emotion, what you can see above the surface, latent emotion is what's underneath. That's what you're going for. The way you get there is staying curious. Okay? Stay curious about what's happening. And also, listening. Because Troy was at empathetic listening in that situation, because when you're in a hostage situation like that, that's where your brain is. You're at the top level of listening. You have to be. You don't miss much. So when you hear that and you, you, you realize the missing pieces, he wants this kid to be taken care of. So I can offer that. So what's not being said? All right. What does negotiation mean to you? Anybody? Yes. Improving all my relationships. Okay. Anybody else? Yes. Collaboration. I just want to point out that the people that have already volunteered are now not scared of us, and they're both answering questions out loud. <laughs> and this one asking a question, so I'm just saying, we don't bite most of the time. Anyone else? What does negotiation mean to you? Navigating outcomes. Okay, so you guys are all ahead of where the Georgetown student that was asked this question was. How do I get the most while giving up the least? That's what it used to be about. That's what negotiation was about. You're in there, you're fighting for yourself, you're gunning down. That's the antiquated way of doing things. Hence, it's above the antiquated plane. What's, what's that plane? Who knows? Somebody knows. Well, not, not that one, the old one. Corn duster. <laughs> yeah, it looks like that, right? It's a sock with camel. It's a British plane that's like from 1917 or something. Old, antiquated. Okay, that's why that question is above that plane. Now, what's the other one? I know I got a, yeah, Star Trek Enterprise. Um, what's the serial number on it? Come on, there's Trekkies in here somewhere. You can admit it, I like Star Trek. Okay, so now it's coming out. So what, what's the beginning of that show? What, what are they doing? What's their purpose? 
Yes, to boldly go where no one's gone before, to explore new worlds, and what's the rest? Blah, blah, blah. What's the rest? Yeah, God discovered. Okay. So, in the, in the words of Spock, how do we prosper? So, collaboration. How do we prosper? That's where we're going with negotiation now. It used to be that you went in there to get the best for you and given up the least. Now it's about how do you make it work so that both sides prosper. That's what we advocate. That's what the Black Swan Group came about for, because that's what we advocate. Okay. Is there ever a time you're not hiding information? Anybody? Yeah, everyone's like, I don't want to say that because she's going to say, what are you hiding? What's that? I want to answer this question. Um, no. The thing is, a lot of times you don't realize that you're doing it. When you're in a negotiation with someone, your stuff is here, their stuff is here, and there's an overlap in the middle. That's what you know about each other, that little middle piece there. You know that there are things on the other side that if you got that information, it would change what everything looked like moving forward. It's information that would be great for you to have. The other side may be hiding it on purpose. They may not be hiding it on purpose. It may just be something that they don't realize is important to you. So no matter how much research you do on the other side, no matter how many things you think you know about the other side, when you go in, there are things that are hidden from you. You might not realize that they're having problems with their second vice president who's about to get kicked out the door. You don't know that yet. They're hiding that from you. No one's going to come out and say that. But it could be an issue. So what you need to do is keep an open mind about things you may not understand about the other side. These are what we call those black swans. Okay? So you don't know their deadlines. You don't know their budgets. You don't know all that stuff going on on the other side of their company. They're not going to tell you. They also don't know that about you either. Okay? When you're gathering information, what you're doing is you're looking for the black swans. Black swans, those unknown unknowns that once you know about them, they change the whole scope of everything moving forward. That golden nugget of information. 